0: Amen. Amen. All right, church, feel free to grab a seat. And if you have a Bible, please grab that and turn with me to the book of Luke. We're going to be in chapter 14 this morning. My name is Corey. I'm one of your pastors, the student pastor here um, at Redeemer Bible Church, and I'm super excited to be with you guys this morning. And students, super excited to be with you guys tonight as we kick off our fall. Going to be a great time. We're going to have a blast. Please wear your mask. If not, I'll get in trouble. You guys rock. All right, but Luke chapter 14, uh, verses uh, 15 through 24 is where we will hang out at today. Now, I want to begin this morning with a question, okay? And my question for you is, have you ever been invited to something special? Okay, just think in your minds right now, if you've ever been invited to something special, I would feel bad for you if you weren't. So I'm just going to assume that everybody in here has been invited to something special. For me, that was my junior year in high school. A lot of you know my story, Um, the Lord blessed me to be fairly athletic and so I was able to be recruited uh, to multiple schools to play both football and basketball. Uh, And there was a school called Eastern Carolina University, your typical um, D1 FBS school that began my junior year recruiting me for, for football. Uh, and so uh, we got pretty serious. Uh, they were sending me written letters and they were coming out to the school. That, that means that they're really interested in you. And uh, So we got to a point to where um, our courting relationship turned into more of an engagement, uh, where they then invited me out to this thing called a junior day. Very special thing for NCAA future athletes. So at these junior days, I didn't know this at the time, but essentially um, you would go, you would view the campus, you would get the opportunity to talk to other student athletes. Uh, you would get the ability to meet uh, position coaches, all the things that you would want to do as a future athlete. Uh, and so I didn't know this during that time. So to me, it was like, OK, this is just another step of the process. I think it's OK if I just make a last minute choice. So the, so the invitation is still on the table. Weeks go by. I still don't commit to go or not. So the Sunday rolls up to where uh, the junior day is happening, um, and I decide for, for dumb excuses to not go. And then so the next week, I was expecting for that relationship, the recruiting relationship, to continue, but they were nowhere to be found that week. And then week two passes by, and I'm like, huh, I haven't seen the recruiting coach in a while. I haven't gotten a letter. Then week three goes by, and I'm like, okay. So I go to my high school coach, and I'm like, coach, I haven't seen these people since this, ju- this, since this junior day. And they just said, hey, look, like, um, the problem is here, Freeman, is that you didn't attend the junior day. Uh, You did not accept the invite, which to them communicates that, hey, you don't want to be here. And I was like, oh, like a big idiot. I felt so dumb. I felt so bad. But ultimately, I missed out on an opportunity at a full ride to play football at a great school. And as we look inside this passage here tonight, we're going to look at the parable of the great banquet. And we're going to see Jesus address these people um, who have false security of salvation. Uh, There's these people called the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they were people who ignored the supremacy of Christ, hence ignored his invitation to come and be with him on earth and in heaven. Now, they thought that they they were saved, but truly they were not. So Jesus sends them a warning that they're going to miss the benefits of following him on earth and in eternity. Now, for us, I would love for us to leave knowing that we shouldn't even ponder the invite to the banquet. And the banquet is Jesus. He is the feast. He is the banquet that we all want and that we all need. And so I want for us to leave knowing that we should not even ponder this if you don't know him today. And if you do, for us to know how to operate as we have accepted this invitation, this message is for both parties here. So I want to answer this question through three points. But the question is, what are we to do with this invitation from Christ? Okay, again, if you're a believer in this room or if you are not a believer in this room, I want for us to be able to answer what we are to do with this invitation from Jesus. But before we do that, i want to pray for us and ask the Lord to come into this time. So please join me quickly in prayer. Father, I'm just so, so thankful for you. And I'm just so thankful that we get to just be here and talk about how good you are. Lord, we are a disaster without you. We are nothing without you. And so, Lord, just show us more of you this morning. God, may you be glorified through the preaching of your word. May you come out of the pages of scripture to us this morning. Bless us with more of you. So, God, just show us what you need to show us. Convict the hearts that need that. Lord, shepherd the hearts that need it. Love the hearts that need it. God, and just just guide us through this time. Lord, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we get to verse 15, I think it's important that we gain a little bit of context of, of what's taken place in the beginning of chapter 14. So beginning in verse 1, what we will come to learn is that Jesus had been invited to a dinner party with the Pharisees. And uh, they would think that they were confusing Jesus, having them thinking, okay, uh, this is a nice, sweet invite. But ultimately, the Pharisees wanted to set Jesus up. They wanted to make him heal somebody on the Sabbath so that Jesus would get in trouble. But all this led to was Jesus calling them out for the sin and their lives and so many other issues that they have. Now we find ourselves in verse 12 that will set us up to our parable. Jesus calling them out again lovingly. Look at verse 12 with me. It says that he said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So here what we have to understand, church, is that Jesus was simply getting at uh, the fact that the Pharisees were ignoring the invitation to come and follow Jesus on earth and eventually in eternity. So the Pharisees proved that they did not accept the invite to follow Jesus uh, because they were practicing a false hospitality, um, a hospitality that was sinful. Um, It essentially was um, partiality through hospitality. If you want to learn more on partiality, just check out James chapter 2. But their motivations behind inviting people into their homes was all for selfish gain. It was all for the purpose of, um, hey, like, you can benefit me, so I want to benefit you. But yet Jesus was telling them the hospitality that you need to have is biblical hospitality. And the root behind biblical hospitality is that you are to invite strangers into the homes. It's not just Christians, but strangers into the homes for the purpose of them coming to know Christ. And he said, Pharisees, because you lack this, because you lack biblical hospitality, my friends, you are... Um, You have not accepted my invite. You don't prove to be a follower of Jesus. So Jesus calling them out made them very uncomfortable. And now we find ourselves in verse 15. Check it out with me. Verse 15 says, when one of those, one of those Pharisees who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. So things got awkward for him. Right, this Pharisee felt very weird that Jesus was calling them out for, for focusing on the poor, the blind, the lame, the crippled, people who cannot benefit them now here on earth. So he goes into this, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. He, was, he felt very awkward because he didn't like the fact, again, that, that his sin was being called out. He didn't like the fact that Jesus was saying, who you're focusing on on earth approves you not to be a follower of me. You, my friend, have not accepted the invite to follow me because if you would have, you would focus on the people who I call you to go and reach. And we can oftentimes be very quick to judge the Pharisees, but how oftentimes can we have that same mindset? Like a lot of us here do believe that only people in our political party will go to heaven, which is so wrong. There's going to be republicans and democrats and you better get along bro you better get along you have no choice you're going to be perfect you're going to love each other a lot of us in here believe that only american christians are going to go to heaven you will be miserable if that's the case as well i mean it's going to be a melting pot of people it's going to be asian christians and african christians russian christians all types of christians and you better believe i'm going to be hanging out with all the former asians on earth because i love the food that they make bro i'm trying to go to every food truck I'm about to be throwing down, man. I'm about to be throwing down. But, man, it's going to be a melting pot of diversity in heaven with all of these people. So may we not have the exclusive thoughts of, man, like, this is only going to be for me and for my elect group. This isn't an exclusive thing. We are to be inclusive. The invitation to heaven was for everyone, not for Jews only. The Gentiles were invited. Poor, blind, lame. Now, Jesus goes into a parable now. To address these Pharisees, he goes into a parable uh, to key in on more of, hey, you need to guide people towards me, to my invitation. So let's read, let's begin by reading in verse 16 and we'll go a few verses. But he said to him, Jesus speaking, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And and another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry. And I want to stop right there. So, Again, the beginning of this process here. So we see verses 16 and 17. So the parable begins and we see an invitation process. So this master sent a servant out uh, to invite people to this awesome banquet, this awesome feast. I mean, pot roast and and Joanna Gaines cookies and banana pudding and all the good stuff was going to be there. Joanna Gaines cookies, by the way. Fire, my friends. (laughs) So he invites these people into this great banquet. What we have to understand is that back then there was a two-step process to inviting people to a big party. First, they had to go and they had to tell people, hey, this party's happening, so we need a yes or no. They would say yes. Awesome. Then they had to leave and prepare the food because they didn't have the luxury of Chipotle catering back then. So they had to go and kill an animal and they had to go prepare and, and prepare wine and all the other great stuff that they had. And then they would go back and alert people. To those who said yes, hey, the party is ready. You are to come and enjoy this now. So there was a lot of prep that needed to happen, and people knew well in advance. So there was no reason for excuses. But in verses 18 through 20, as we read, we saw people make excuses. Like in verse 18, the guy said, "Um, I bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Now, first of all, all three of these were bad excuses and we're gonna walk through why they were all bad excuses. But I bought a field and I must go out and see it. Who in here would buy real estate without seeing the house or land first? Who in here would do that? No hands, that's exactly what I thought. So this doesn't make, make any sense. This guy went and bought a field, but yet now has to go out and see it, A bad excuse. The next one, he says, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I must go and examine these oxen. This is like a farmer buying a tractor and has never tested it out before. That's a bad idea. That's a bad excuse. And then the third one, probably one of the worst excuses of all, he said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Now tell me, a lot of you in here are married. What young married couple will not enjoy a night out of a free dinner and then dancing their cheeks off? I mean, come on, man. I am kind of a hybrid introvert extrovert, but even in my most introverted of days, bro, if you tell me there's free food and music, I'm gonna be out there, Come on, man. Come on. Like, just bad excuses. And the thing is, is that all these people RSVP'd beforehand. And so they knew about the invitation, but yet chose to ignore the invitation or just come up with lame excuses for the invitation. And so for these people to have excuses this bad proves that they truly did not want to go to the party Now, back to Jesus and the Pharisees. What Jesus was trying to tell the Pharisees was simply that, that you guys are the bad excuse makers. He's saying, you make the excuses to not enjoy the banquet of which I am. Jesus is the banquet. He is, the, he is Ruth's Chris in this joint, right? He is the feast that they need, the satisfaction that they need, everything that they need, and yet they chose to deny him. They had excuses, whether it was their comfort or their money or their power. They didn't want to give it up. And so may we not be like them. For us, what does this address? For those of you who have heard the gospel and you've heard Christ knock for so many years, and yet you still choose to not follow him, you choose to ignore the invitation with lame excuses, thinking you will have time, that is a dangerous place to be. I'm not even out of my 20s yet, and I think about, how many friends that I've lost, I've lost a lot of people in my life who did not know Christ. They've heard the invitation. It was laid out for them in full. Guys, hear me. Nobody dies early. No one knows the time. We got to get right if you don't know him. You've sat in church entire life, chosen to ignore. And yet, and so we're choosing to miss out on a banquet. And Don't let excuses get in the way. Like, don't sit here again and just think, like, oh, well, I have time, or I want to get my life together first before Jesus. Listen, you don't have to get your life together first. That's the beauty of the gospel is the fact that he comes in, and you're a mess, and then because of him, you're made righteous. I'm a mess. Because of him, I'm made righteous. That's the beauty of it. And so may we put that stuff behind, and maybe we focus on him receive the invitation. There's no valid excuse, which is my first point here this morning, and that is there is no valid, ex- no valid excuse to ignoring the invitation to Christ. There is no valid excuse to ignoring the invitation to Jesus. Again, just the beauty of the gospel. Christ is in heaven enjoying himself, pearly gates, streets of gold, perfect California weather. Right, enjoying life and chose to come down to be the atonement of sin for us so that the sin that even you were indulging in this weekend, he forgave you for that because of him. Not because of you, because of him. You don't have to get anything together first. Jesus is saying to you, hey, because of me, you have no excuse. You need to accept my invitation because I'm so much better than anything else that you could ever experience. No bad excuses. I had the privilege a couple of weeks back to officiate um, a wedding of of a friend of mine and my wife's, and you know when I think about what if I came to her the day of her wedding and I said, hey, I will be there, but I but I chose to not show up on her wedding day, bro, she would kill me. That bride would give me the work, and it, and you know just and it doesn't matter what excuse I make, oh my dog is sick, or. Or, oh, I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to get my marriage together first before I marry you. That's foolishness. That would not end well for me. May we not be people who make bad excuse, make bad excuses. There are no good excuses when denying the invitation to Jesus. Now, we're going to see the result of our bad excuses. And we have to understand that the show goes on if we're accepting the invitation or not. So look with me now to verse 21. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to a servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor, crippled, blind, and lame. And the servant said, sir, what you commanded has been done and still there is room. Okay. So let's talk about this quickly. So due to the excuses of the master, the excuses sorry, the master of the house, he became upset. He became very angry at the people who had RSVP'd, who had received the invitation, but then chose to deny the invitation. Like Jesus, um, he has no excuses for bad. He has no tolerance for bad excuses. Right? The excuses are keeping people from experience, experiencing the goodness of Jesus and getting his word out. And then we saw in verse 21, that he told the servant to go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And what I love about this is that the master told the servant, hey, go quickly. There's some urgency behind that. May we be urgent, sent people of Redeemer Bible Church. We live sent. May we be urgent to go and get his message out and go after people who would accept his invite, who the world may see as outcast. Uh, like a lot of us, again, are like the Pharisees. We want to target those who could benefit us. May we be people who go and even pursue the outcast, those who people hate, who they despise. May we go and pursue them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Something else we just have to keep in mind, something that I love, is that the master doesn't go. He's already came and conquered. Now it's our responsibility to go, therefore, and make disciples if our mission as a church is to glorify God by making disciples, then, then, then why are some of us still not trying to do that? Like, I can understand if we are trying and it's not, and there's things not working out, but why are we not trying to do that? May we go and do that. So the servant was obedient, verse 22, and he said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, but still there is room. So the servant invited a lot of people. And those people got to taste the goodness of the banquet. They got to enjoy the goodness of the banquet. Back to Jesus and the Pharisees. Christ is telling them, man, you're missing out. Big time. Like you think you have it great, but you really don't. The Pharisees obviously did not accept the invitation. And they're also missing out on the fact that they're not inviting others to experience the goodness of Jesus. You know, I don't know your stories. I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of leading someone to Jesus or inviting them into church where they somehow experience Christ. But it's an awesome thing. There's so much joy in seeing people come to know Jesus. And so because we have him, we need to help other people experience him. Now, what I want to do is I want to talk about practically how this looks. So how to help others experience Jesus. Because I know it can be frustrating at times to hear someone up here and say, like saying, okay, well, go and go and go. But yeah, you may not know what to do. Now, there's some of you in here who have been following Christ for 30 years and you just choose not to do it. So we got to be obedient. But, then, but there's some of you who truly don't know. So I want to talk about quickly how to help others experience Jesus. And the first one you see on the screen is conviction, but I would call this you, you need to have a Bell Roscoe conviction. Bell Roscoe was one of my students in our ministry. Um, I've had her now for almost four years, love her to death, loves the Lord, sharp young woman of God, true young woman of the Lord. And so um, last year, not 2020, 2019 at camp, uh, my my wife was Bell's small group leader. Uh, And I remember um, on our way home from camp, she was telling me about a story about, you know, about Bell. So in the junior, junior and senior small group in our student ministry, I mean, just like the Lord always moves, just like the Holy Spirit comes in and they just start crying. People get saved and all this crazy stuff in their small group. It's just incredible. But, but I just remember one night, the last night at camp, she just told me about how Belle Roscoe was, was so convicted at the fact that, that so many of her friends were lost and were going to die and go to hell if she did nothing about it. Do we have a Belle Roscoe conviction? The next one is this, is do you have hospitality? Or I would call this, do you have Harrison Stomps and Jordan Cox hospitality? Another couple of teenagers in our ministry, two both who I think, man, they do this so well. I've never seen, and I mean people in general, invite people into their lives the way that these two young men do. Again, biblical hospitality is inviting strangers into your life. And these two do that well with the purpose of seeing people come to know Jesus. Even when they were in middle school, like I would go and have lunch with them. And I would meet so many new people who I know did not know Jesus. It was incredible. Um, Do you have hospitality? And then the third one is this, is use words. Okay? Use words. Um, And I would say, and and I would call this, use Grant Lamb words. Grant Lamb was a student of mine in Dallas, could talk to this brick wall and lead it to Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Like, I mean, and this brother talked all the time and talked to anybody. He knew no stranger. When he was in high school, he was actually going to be an intern with us. Uh, This past summer in student ministry, but because of COVID, he couldn't. Uh, But when he was in Dallas, he would intentionally um, find a ride to the mall and he would just go. And he would just go with the intention of talking to people, not to get pretzels, not to buy vans. Right. But just to go and just share the gospel with people. And he would use his words. May we be a people who use our words because we need to help people experience Jesus. My second point is this is when you accept the invitation, you are to invite others to experience Christ. Okay, when you accept the invitation, you are to invite others to experience Christ. Okay, who in here has ever played this game before? Let's go, all the young folk, if you haven't, you're missing out on life. You are, this is a game, it's called Exploding Kittens, and and it's even awesome, because even the box plays music, you hear that? Hey, let's go. I love this. I love it. Man, this game changed my life. The first time that I experienced it, I, um, I was over at Pastor DJ's house. My wife and I, we went over there and had a little game night. And little did he know that he created an exploding kittens addict, okay? I was obsessed with this game that every chance I got the opportunity to play it, I was playing it. Um, you'll see here this next photo. My mom flew up from North Carolina. Uh, and there's my wife. And my wife's trying to help her beat me. She's tripping, bro. She's trying to help her beat me. And you know what? This, this is actually a screenshot of a video right before she blew up. I blew up my mom. Fuck life. Let's go. <laughs> the, the next photo is yours truly. We had Grant and Melissa over for dinner. And that is a photo of Grant blowing up and exploding kittens. Grant, you are so welcome, my friend. And then this next one um, is us at student ministry. So game nights, parents, please don't be fooled. When we have game nights, it's for the purpose of me being able to play Exploding Kittens. All selfishness. And I will not repent of that. I love, I love getting any opportunity that I can to play games and play Exploding Kittens. And this is Jacob Newland depressed because he was about to get that work too, bro. He was about (laughs) to get that work. Man, but, but again, like I experienced this. I experienced this game, and I love this game so much to the fact where well, I could not help but share it. Man, even we, we took a mission trip to uh, Denver last summer, and we were playing it on the plane. Like, all of us students distracting everybody. People weren't sleeping because we were, oh, my gosh, you blew up. I mean, it was obnoxious, but, but we, we couldn't help ourselves because we experienced it. We wanted it for people to just enjoy this game the way that we did. When we experience the invitation to Christ, we can't help but spread it. Now, as we close out this passage, we're going to hear instructions of how we are to help people experience Christ a little bit more as we look in the text. So look at verse 23 with me as we close out this text. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges And compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet. So he said, go outside the city and compel. So I love this word compel because typically in scripture, it would have, um, you know, a negative focus. But all this is saying is uh, for you to earnestly persuade people, earnestly persuade people to Jesus, because uh, the master wanted people to come into his house to enjoy him and his hospitality, and he wanted um, to enjoy them. He wanted them to enjoy him. Jesus wants the same thing. And the thing that's crazy, that he's going to have his house full no matter who it is and no matter who comes in, it's going to be full. May we be a part of that. But then he also says about the people in verse 24, none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet they didn't accept the invitation and they were the excuse makers and obviously this is talking about the pharisees and the crazy thing is is that they were the most godly looking most religious people in the room but yet hearts wicked may that not be us accountability is so important so that we don't turn out like that i thank god for my accountability partners um, who asked me the hard questions, who rip me apart when I need it, who can be blunt and honest with me. May we not be people who go without that so that we don't look like whitewashed tombs. Because these Pharisees were not to experience Jesus and all that he was worth. Now, for us, we are to compel people to Christ, no matter who they are. Because again, he is the feast that will bring them so much joy. And there's, again, great enjoyment in seeing people's eyes open to the goodness of the feast of Jesus, especially those who we don't feel comfortable to interact with. So maybe for some of you, that's you going out to gang neighborhoods um, and ministering the gospel there. For some of you, you need to target people who may hate you. What a great story. This man hated me, but then I led him to Jesus. Boom. I mean, that's a great story. Maybe for some of you, it is your neighbor just to go and target your neighbor who needs help. Our third thing that's already on the screen, it says, our job is to compel people to Jesus, no matter who they are. Okay, our job is to compel people to Jesus, no matter who they are. My best friend, the best man at my wedding, his name is Aaron Dow. He is basically Jason Bourne in real life. Literally, like just a stud of a man. This guy came to give his life to Christ when he was, I think, a freshman or sophomore in college. And this brother, trust me, had a rough upbringing, could have had every excuse to hate everyone in his life. I mean, people talked bad about him. People would just hate him for like for no reason. But then he came to Jesus and his heart to want to see those people who hated him uh, come to Christ was so beautiful. I mean, he had family members, immediate family who were train wrecks, who he had excuses to hate. But yet his heart was to see them come to know Jesus we have friends in college who would literally talk bad about him in front of his face, and his heart was to, was to love them to Jesus. May we compel people like Aaron, no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, how they smell, no, just, it doesn't matter. May we compel people to this. So now I want to give you um, our main point, which answers our question from, from the beginning. The question was, what are we to do with this invitation from Christ? And that is this, that we are to fully receive and joyfully share the invitation of Jesus. If you're a Christian in the room, joyfully share. If you may not be a follower of Christ, fully receive him. If you've been on the fence, fully receive and walk with him and enjoy him. Enjoy him because he gave you an invitation. And there's no life better than walking with him. And if you don't know him today, listen, like, we don't need you to walk an aisle and pray a prayer. But in your heart, in your heart, man, just just ask the Lord for forgiveness. Trust in him. Believe him as Lord. And you're saved. He can be the Lord of your life. And then just walk with him. And if you want to talk about how to do that, I would love to talk to you about that. That's why we're here but man but fully receive and joyfully share the invitation of Christ. Redeemer, thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for a church who loves Jesus and his word. You are loved. You are sent. If you can, please um, exit and congregate out the door um, so that we can get this place clean for next service. You are loved. You are sent. Have a great week.